This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hey everybody, it's Civilized Barking Pre-Pittsburgh Edition. I'm Zach Jackson. Uh, It is Thursday morning, so we're still uh, quite a ways away from Monday. Uh, Browns fans are enjoying this week. They should be. That was thorough. Uh, As I said, it was a predictable result with about six exclamation points. I thought the Browns' defense would be good. It was incredible. Uh, I thought the Browns would put the Bengals in a hole. They did. Um, It wasn't perfect. It's not going to be. Frankly, it's not supposed to be. Uh, But the defense kept delivering. The offense did just enough. As I wrote about on Tuesday, you know, um, well, a couple of things. One, we know who Nick Chubb is. And as a Browns fan, you hope that Kevin Stefanski remembers who Nick Chubb is, and you hope Nick Chubb stays healthy. But that drive before the half, uh, when it was only 3 nothing and it became 10 nothing, there was growth there. Elijah Moore got involved, right? They get a third down to Amari Cooper. Watson takes the big hit. Um, Stefanski knows it. He calls timeout. They get in the red zone. They check to a play that had just been put in. Now, how they, that, exactly that goes, I don't know. Um, but it's based on the read, right? Van Pelt saw it in the walkthrough, according to Stefanski. Deshaun recognizes the defense, checks to it. That's growth all the way around. That's success. And then Wyatt Teller, who's pretty fun to watch. Um, That clip making its rounds is pretty fun. He gets the block, um, and they get in the end zone. And really, it felt over then. And it it wasn't really over until Miles Saxborough with about 10.5 or so to go. But, um, you know, they didn't have to use Nick Chubb in the fourth quarter all that much. the corners were incredible, and the Browns did it, so we'll see if they can carry it over. So that's where I want to start here. Guys, every single year, and I've been covering this team for a long time, every single year when it starts, and there's optimism, some of it blind, some of it warranted, um, you know, I say history doesn't matter, you know, and because of the failures and missteps and things of the past, it doesn't weigh this team down. And it doesn't because every year is a new year and there's new players. And I can assure you that Martin Emerson – um, among others, I just use him because he's 22 or 23 years old. Knows nothing about the Browns' rancid history in Pittsburgh and cares nothing about the Browns' rancid history in Pittsburgh, right? The opening day record. Now they've won two in a row. Now they're hot, but right? But like that has never affected a play, a play call, a penalty call, whether a pass is dropped or knocked away or whether a field goal is made, right? So history doesn't matter and you get to write your own chapter. And then every year they look familiar, right? Every year there's like nine fires. There's off-the-field BS. There's free agent signings blown up. There's guys disgruntled and whining and complaining. There's lack of execution in the games. And then the Browns have, um, you know, finished in second place like twice in in um, 20-some years, right? They've made the playoffs twice in, in 24 years. So for history to not matter, they have to defeat it. And for history, for us to not talk about it, they have to go in Pittsburgh. So it's not as simple as this. It comes down to blocking and tackling and making kicks and reading defenses, right, and completing passes and giving Kenny Pickett the kind of hell this defense is is capable of giving him, right? So if if the Browns are different and the defense really is this good, then they go into Pittsburgh and they shove him around on Monday night. And without Cam Hayward, Nick Chubb gets his 100 and moves the sticks and does what he does. And Hopkins makes his two or three field goals. And whether the Browns need to score nine or 17 or 24, and that remains to be seen, they do it. And they win, right? Because they are the better team. 
and the Steelers without Cam Hayward and Deontay Johnson are a much lesser team. And the Steelers' offensive line and quarterback that looked lost against a really, really good Niners team could look lost again against Miles Garrett, Zadarius Smith, uh, Denzel Ward, Emerson, Newsom, Oboe, Delpit. The list goes. I mean, that's a, that's a game of Grand Delpit's life last last week, right? Uh, he knocks that ball away from T. Higgins. If he doesn't, the whole fourth quarter is different, as dominant as the Browns were. But he does, and it becomes part of the story. And he was all over the field. He he really was. So that's where history does and doesn't matter. Write your own. Win this game. Have a hot start. You know, be the story of the league. I think the defense this week is one of the stories of the league. I think reality and history say it's not going to be that good all the time, but I think it's got the pieces to be pretty good. And if the Steelers have questions about their O-line and about how they're going to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands and and guys are stalking and the offensive coordinator's under fire, like here in Cleveland we know that story, right, guys? So let's see. And, and I know for a lot of fans, especially of my age and older, th- this one means a ton. The Browns being favored over there for the first time since 1989 is wow. It's LOL. It's it's all of those things. But when you know the history, it's really not all that surprising. Um, you know, it's time for them to go do it. And your Steeler fan friends and neighbors and cousins and whatever. I mean, I personally love Pittsburgh. Um, everything but the traffic and the language barrier. I think it's a great city. I have great friends from over there. I've all, I think Kynes Field or whatever it's called now is really one of the gems especially among the now older stadiums in this league and uh you know you have to respect the steelers organization so um i know some people that were at the rooney son's wedding this summer and uh, it was at the stadium and apparently he married a girl from the cleveland area but anyway during one of the toasts the joke was told that this is the most fun that anybody from Cleveland has ever had in that stadium. And apparently Ben Roethlisberger, who was there, got quite a chuckle out of that. And he's a big part of that, right? So um, we will see how this goes. But to Watson, to Chubb, to Garrett, to Stefanski, to Betonio, to everybody, um, go make history not matter, and then we won't talk about the history. So one other thing that comes up, um, and this is not necessarily because there, I, I knew that it would be parade or funeral. Right, based off week one, based off hosting Joe Burrow, and, and that's just what it is. So we call it overreaction Monday, and I think it applies more. But and, and we do um, overreact on on my side, the the commentary side, on the fan side. Um, you hope that the coaches and players, specifically the coaches who put the game plans together and are in charge of kind of harnessing the attitude um, of things they don't. But but it's a it's a human reaction, right? So good and bad, you have to evaluate, you have to learn. You have to admit mistakes. You have to try to uh, adjust and avoid future mistakes, all of that. But anyway, it's Reaction Monday because that's the reality. It's what we see, right? Like I wrote about training camp and we're there. Well, it comes to a certain date in August, we're done watching practice. So I see the same three-plus hours that you guys see. And we, we, we react to what we see. And I thought we saw a Browns team that was really impressive. Obviously, the result shows that. I think digging deeper, both into the box score and watching it, some of the bigger plays, they made them all. Um, Burrow was defeated. Burrow was miserable. Uh, He had no timing with anyone. The Browns were a part of that. You know, uh, the Browns offensive line had the physicality. So the one bad thing of the day, obviously, is you lose Jack Conklin. It stinks. Um, Experienced guy, guy they thought really highly of. Uh, really looks like a bad contract, even worse than it looked last December. We'll see. But they're going to miss him. They're going to miss his experience. 
his toughness, his talent. They would not have given him the money they gave him twice if he wasn't talented and wasn't part of I mean, that's the first position they committed to and have kept recommitting to before this commitment to the quarterback, before this commitment to the, to the defensive line. Um, you know, it's the offensive line. So here comes Dewan Jones, who's been really one of the st- stories – when you look at Dewan Jones, and I like my version of big because I've covered the NFL for 20 plus years, is skewed. You watch this guy, and he's still just beyond big. He's ridiculously big. Um, I think the fact that he's even gotten in the plans says a lot about him and the work that he's done with Bill Callahan, with Scott Peters, with his veteran teammates. Uh, I think the fact that they chose him over James Hudson says a lot about what they think of him and what they hope that he can be. So. You know, is it ideal to play a rookie anywhere? No. Is it ideal to play a rookie in Pittsburgh? We'll see. Do I think the Browns have a tackle problem? Well, I think they potentially do because um, we haven't seen great football from Jed Wills. So we can argue that. We'll see. Uh, and we're not going to assume anything about how Wills or Jones will play this week or next week on the short week or, or going through because often it gets harder for rookies um, after opponents have seen them. And once they have to settle in and realize they're in a war every single week, you know, you don't get to play. Um, you don't get breathers in the NFL like like you do in the college schedule, especially when you go to Ohio State. But we'll see. So, again, um, the Steelers know what they're up against. You know, they have the, – to go back to history real quick, they have a history of bouncing back from this. Um, can they tackle Nick Chubb? Can they block Miles Garrett? You know, history doesn't do that. They have to do it. We'll see. Um, the Browns have stolen – Defeat from the jaws of victory in there before. The Browns have been overwhelmed in there before. I think it's going to be a grinder. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think the one thing that can keep it from being first to 16 wins is defensive touchdowns. I think both teams could get that. We'll see. Anyway, let's go to Pittsburgh. Let's talk to my colleague, Mark Cabola. Let's take the temperature of the Steelers. Let's find out what went wrong worse than the others, um, what might be one of those classic week one overreactions. And uh, anyway, let's dial up Cabola. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the Internet now. Oh, sure. Next, you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? (laughs) You mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. Kabali, good morning. What's up, my man? How you doing? So I'm I'm hearing that the sky is falling over there. Are you okay? Is your house okay? Oh, I'm fine. I'm actually in a good mood. I don't know about the rest of the Steeler Nation here, where uh, you know San Francisco put a whooping on them, brought them back to reality a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> now, but other than that, it's great. Yeah, so your preseason prediction was reality. A lot of them out of there weren't. Um, and look, preseason doesn't matter. Predictions don't matter. And, and frankly, soon week one won't matter. But but how bad was bad uh, last Sunday? It was bad. I mean, you have to combine a couple of things here. First, the expectations that were based off of not only the preseason and the you know leading up to the preseason, but all of the all off season and how the offense played so well, how Kenny Pickett looked absolutely tremendous. Some of the signings they brought in from new GM Omar Khan, everything seemed like it was pointed in the right direction. Then you go up against San Francisco. People were talking about 
you know, all of a sudden this team has a chance to win the division. This team has a chance to um, make a run in the playoffs. And you probably couldn't have played a worse game if you tried. Uh, at least, I mean, I would say both offensively and defensively. So, um, you know, to add injury to insult, they've got a couple people hurt in the process. So it, it was ugly. I mean, you could probably imagine the ugliest game possible. And that's how it was. I mean, Kenny Pickett couldn't hit anything. His accuracy was awful, which was shocking because he was so accurate throughout the last six months in camp. I mean, anywhere he wanted to throw the ball, he'd throw it. They didn't try to run the ball. They got gashed on every side of the uh, defensive side. So the quicker they can get um, past this game, the happier they will be because, honestly, Zach, I don't see one positive that came out of it. Yeah, no, it, it kind of felt that way. I've only seen clips, and obviously, I was following. I mean, when you're down twenty to nothing before you get a first down, that's that's bad. Um, <laughs> they only had uh, that was five straight drives of three and outs. They didn't get the first first drive and uh, first first down until about two minutes left in the half. And to add injury to insult, there is the 49ers actually challenged a play <laughs> to make sure he got the first down. It was on a first down. So they were they were giving him a, you know twisting a little knife in there with about yeah. two minutes left in the first That's half. That's bad. Um, the, the Browns twisted the knife in the Bengals. Uh, can the Steelers block Miles Garrett and Zedarius Smith? Oh, that's a good one. I mean, they just had a really tough time with Nick Bosa and Javon Hargrave and Cleveland Farrell and those guys in San Francisco. I mean, you talk about back-to-back games where um, they need their offensive line and their pass protection to uh, play well. It's going to be this one. I mean, it's going to depend uh, how much they move around Miles Garrett and see where they want him to uh you know, who who they want him to go up against if it's Dan Moore. Dan Moore's been pretty decent against Garrett in the past. Um, but uh, the other side, I mean, when you got that two-headed monster, it makes it tough for everybody. But, you know, even if they struggled past protecting, and, I mean, you look at PFF and we all laugh at it, but I think they had like the four of the five worst graded offensive linemen. Yeah last week so it wasn't pretty in that sense right there but um i don't i didn't look at that game last last week against the 49ers and say the pressures would kill them what killed them was um the inaccuracy of Pickett and not being able to convert third downs and then took the run game out of it so they typically have something in store for for miles garrett if it's keeping somebody in i mean you have to understand now they got Darnell Washington, rookie tight end, who is now 6'8", 6'9", mm-hmm. close to 300 pounds. So I'm sure he'll be in the general vicinity of wherever Miles Garrett goes. Yeah, so the Browns, uh, they were zeroed. He was one of the two freaks they were zeroed in on in the draft. It was him and Dewan Jones. And the Steelers ended up getting Washington, and they took Dewan Jones. And now a rookie right tackle coming into Pittsburgh. But um, you know, we know how that's gone in the past. We'll see. Let me ask you this, Mark. Um, we know Tomlin's teams have bounced back, and we know the Browns have come in there and, and for lots of reasons, have usually gotten their butts kicked. How much do you think history matters this week? I don't know. I mean, even throw – here's the one for you. I mean, the Monday night in Pittsburgh is just like 
totally crazy when you look at it. I think you have to go back to the late 80s, early 90s, the last time the Steelers lost a Monday night home game. Wow. He just, I mean, it's just something organizationally that they've been able to perform well there. They like to play under the lights. So um, not only that, though, I mean, this is this is a must win, man. If it's not a must win, I know that sounds crazy week two, but it's a darn close to being a, a must win. You're not going 0-2 and uh, have to try to dig your way out of another hole like this. So this is a very, very important game for the Steelers, probably more important than it is to the Browns, knowing that they got off to that 1-0 and start. So, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, history probably doesn't matter, but it's just interesting when there's yeah. Monday night games at home and the last time you lost was like 1990. So, right. I'm guess, I guess there's something to do with it, but I'm not going to be looking back on Monday night, Tuesday morning, and say the reason why the Steelers won this game is because um, they play well on Monday nights. Sure. I mean, they're going to have to play well. Period. So, you know, Browns fans know most of the guys and and vice versa. Um, Two of them that that they know well won't be there in in Hayward and Johnson. If the Steelers do play well, who's a guy or guys that maybe people don't know um, that would, you know, you would see as as guys who are capable of bringing the Steelers back from the dead? Well, we'll go on the defensive side. Their defensive line's deep, but a defensive line's not very talented top level talent without Hayward in there he'll be out for a couple months uh, I think he's having surgery or had surgery already on a groin um, Ogan Joby's there but he's been very inconsistent and that foot's still bothering him but the guy you want to look at as is their third round pick Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin if they have any shot of winning this game he's going to have to play well he's nose tackle defensive tackle Big guy, strong, very athletic, and uh, that's where this game should be won by the Browns. I mean, if they just stick to the plan of running between the tackles, between the guards, they should have no problem moving the ball. But, Zach, I believe we talked a couple years ago when we said the same thing, and they didn't run Nick Chubb hardly at all. Mm-hmm. So, if the Browns get in their own way, it, it could be an issue. If not, you run the ball in the middle of that defense, and they shouldn't have that much of a problem unless a guy like Keanu Benton steps up and has a monster game in his second career game. Offensively, I don't think you're replacing Deontay Johnson. They're going to move Allen Robinson, the veteran, from the inside slot to the outside. Um, and they're just going to put a guy like Calvin Austin, a speedster out of Memphis, and Gunnar Olszewski in the slot. Uh, he's going to be more trying to run the ball and throw the ball to Pat Fryermuth over the middle than anything else. If I'm the Browns, I take away Pickens, and I run the ball with Chubb between the tackles. And to be honest with you, if they do that, they should win the game. Yeah, I don't think Allen Robinson's getting open against me at this point, so he's certainly not against Denzel Ward and Martin Emerson. Yeah, I mean, he's. they brought him in for a specific reason, being a veteran. Yep. I think he's 29. They wanted him to play the slot. Uh, he has a lot of experience on the outside, but he hasn't been good on the outside for three or four years. He has, I mean, he's the best they got right now. But uh, you have to keep an eye on somebody like Calvin Austin, though, extremely fast, 4-2 guy. Um, he's a guy that made a ton of plays in training camp as well. 
he can get some behind somebody in a quick hurry to turn a short play into a long play. So that, I would be more worried about somebody like that than than Allen Robinson. Yeah. Um, we'll save our picks for the whip around and for some other talk, Mark. Um, I, you know, Tomlin's entertaining as hell to me. Sometimes I watch the Tuesday <laughs> press conference, even when they're not playing the Browns. What do you think about him calling him Mr. Chubb? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even, even notice. That. I usually, when, when, once he goes into his little diatribe about the yeah. opposing team, I like take a little nap there because he makes every, because <laughs> he spends about 14 minutes on yes. um, making every single team look like, you know, the 07 <laughs> Patriots. So I didn't even notice it, to be honest with you. <laughs> I like when he takes a little shots at reporters and stuff, and I just, like, chuckle. And I told him in the past, I said, you say stuff like that, man. I'm just going to start laughing. So I wouldn't look at me when you make these comments <laughs> because I'm laughing and it's you making fun of these guys, and it's just going to be a mess. Yeah. But, the, uh, yeah, those 10 or 12 minutes with Mr. Chubb and whatever, <laughs> you listen to him, and like I said, he – You'd want to run through the you, You'd think that they had no shot in hell to beat him after what he's, he spends 10 minutes talking about the opposing team. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting. Uh, I'm supposed to have good weather, right? The place will be rocking. We know that. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, let me tell you something here. Um, last week, there's about 30,000 San Francisco fans in the in attendance. That didn't uh, go over very well with the Pittsburgh faithful. They sold all their tickets. Wow. Unheard of. Times are tough, so, man. Times are and, tough. And Steelers do. Steeler fans do not like to go to night games, Monday night games. So if the Browns want to take the two-hour drive south or two-and-a-half-hour drive south on a turnpike, I'm imagining they can find tickets quite easy. Oh, wow. That's interesting. That didn't used to be the case. All right. He's Mark Caboli. I'm Zach Jackson. This has been Civilized Barking. Uh, we'll talk to you soon as the countdown to Monday night continues. Thank you, Mark. All right, Zach.